Good morning, church. Today we are uh, going over some parts from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 through 16 mainly. Um, we're talking about uh, uh, living uh, seriously, serious living. Today we're going to talk about being strong in the Lord. Now we're getting close to the end of 1 Timothy, the book. We've already studied the last uh, uh, part of chapter 5 and part of chapter 6 because it fit in with um, themes from other parts of the book of 1 Timothy. We studied false teachers um, being good stewards and church leaders. Chapters 5 and 6, Paul talks about that several times. We've studied that. But in the last part of this book, 1 Timothy, Paul really primes Timothy for leading. He recharges Timothy, saying, this is what's going to be like, what it's going to be like. And he's saying, here's how you handle this responsibility. You know, uh, Paul spoke very highly of Timothy. He wrote two letters to him, and he put a lot of stock in this young man. This is kind of interesting, the relationship that they have, because I, I think that Paul and Timothy have two different personalities. Paul, as we know, is a, a very in-charge, get-her-done type of a guy. Maybe in your face. A tough guy. And I mean that with all love and definitely not in a negative way because praise the Lord for Paul that he has done so much work that we can read about. But Timothy, on the other hand, appears to be a little timid. Kind of a quiet guy. Paul tells him not to let others look down upon him. So Timothy may have been or not had the best self-esteem. And even physically, Timothy seems to have been kind of sickly. But Paul knew. Paul knew that God had a plan for the young man and that all those things didn't matter. He knew that Timothy could lead the church in God's strength. This last part of the book has a strong focus on boosting that strength that Timothy had in God. And the text switches back and forth between giving a lesson to Timothy on how to lead the church and encouraging Timothy the leader. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Paul says, Never be in a hurry about appointing a church leader. And this is what I'm talking about. He says, hey, here's how you do the church. Here's how you lead the church. Don't get in a hurry about appointing a church leader. And then he turns directly to Timothy's inside. And he says, do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. This is where we get the idea that Timothy, even kind of a sickly fellow, we don't know, of course, and probably never will, but uh, Paul wants him to take care of himself. Timothy. 
keep yourself healthy. You'll be able to work with the people best if you are doing well. And that's a good reminder for all of us. We know that uh, humility is thinking of others first, putting others' needs before our own needs. Paul is strengthening Timothy. He's saying, hey, also keep in mind how you are doing because uh, a leader cannot lead unless they uh, are healthy and know how to lead. Timothy needed to be ready to lead a church that would encounter extreme growth. He needed to be ready to lead a church that would encounter extreme persecution. He had to be strong in the Lord because he would be dealing with these guys. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. These guys. Now, anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil (coughs) suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Hmm. So Paul knew that Timothy would come across these people. It would be a a struggle. And these people, we can't look down upon them for being uh, evil people because we know that uh, the evil one is behind them, has trapped them, has influenced them, and he's using them. But Timothy needed to be at the top of his game. So do we as church leaders, as leaders in our community. We need to do well, be healthy, spiritually, healthy mentally, and and physically healthy so that we can lead against things like people who cause trouble. And he had to train church leaders, Timothy did, to deal with persecution, to deal with these guys. And the leaders that he trained would have to train more leaders, the kind of leaders who were focused on the kingdom of God, and those leaders would train other leaders, and, well, it all works its way up to us. And here we are, the leaders that Timothy trained, trained leaders who eventually, here we are, talking about the word of God, probably because of the work that Timothy did in the first church and probably because the encouragement that Paul gave to him with these very words that we are reading today. Now, folks, we are still dealing with these kind of people who cause division, who cause trouble and persecution, and who cause war with God's people. With that being said, let's just take a moment and pray for Israel right now. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name. And we praise you for your word. And we praise you for your grace and glory. Lord, right now, our focus is on you. And we're bringing up to you your people in Israel, God. We understand that they 
are struggling right now with being attacked with death. Lord, we ask that you would give them the hope, the hope that you will be there for them, God, that your strength will prevail. Lord, thank you so much for our country that we haven't experienced direct war in so long. We pray that above all, your name will be glorified and your will will be done. Lord, be with Israel now in strength. Give them strength. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 through 16. This uh, last text, last words that, uh, that Paul um, gives to Timothy to encourage him, says, But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith and hold tightly to the eternal life which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God who gives life to all and before Christ Jesus who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate that you obey this command without wavering and then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach Him. No human eye has ever seen Him, nor ever will. All honor and power to Him forever. Amen. Amen. Now, out of this text, I want to pull some points and um, give them to you today. The first point that I get from this uh, text is uh, run. Run. So, an honorable flight. Flight is in running, is in fleeing from something. It's honorable. It's not turning tail and running scared. He tells Timothy, run from these evil things. And this is an honorable thought. It seems to be counterintuitive, though, to what we are told in Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 13 and 14 tells us to resist the enemy. tells us to stand our ground. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 says to stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. Stand firm. So why does Paul here in 1 Timothy tell us to run? Well, we have to look at what he's telling us to run from. Verse 9 through 11 says, You people who long to be rich, fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run 
from these evil things, from all evil. And the temptation and, and the traps, these are the things that we need to run from. Harmful desires, the immoral cravings. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 18 tells us to flee from sexual immorality. Run from it. Man, if you get caught in a trap, you're not going anywhere until you get out of the trap. To understand this better, we need to take in the rest of verse 11. It tells us to pursue righteousness, a godly life, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. So run from these evil things and pursue righteousness, a godly life, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. All of those things are of Jesus. They're of Jesus. Um, has anyone ever uh, played Capture the Flag? It's a great game. Man, when I was in college, uh, I didn't play any sports until after dark, and unless it was in the main part of campus at Pitt State Christian, or not Christian at all, actually, at Pittsburgh State University, there was a huge, huge uh, yard in between all of the old buildings. And we would gather out there at nighttime, and we would play capture the flag. And you would have a flag there, and it was over in enemy territory, and you had to advance into the other team's side, grab that flag, and then you had to run it home. Now, the other team, they could tag you, and you had to stop and drop the flag, and somebody else would have to get it. You would have to go all the way back to your home, and then you could jump back in the battle. You had to search and find that flag because you didn't know where it was. Sometimes, these days, not at the campus, I play capture the flag with paintball guns. And that's even funner. Man, if you get tagged with a paintball, you're out. You have to drop the flag. But when you find the flag and you haven't been tagged, you haven't been shot with a paintball gun, then you grab that and you have it and you run it back home. Run. You know, there's no reason to hang out in enemy territory when you have the flag. You run it back home. Hey, listen. We have the victory through Jesus, the enemy might be following you. But if you have the flag, if you have the victory of faith in Jesus, you don't look at the devil because he is behind you. you got the flag, now focus on getting at home, which is heaven, by the way. I love uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, says that we are citizens of heaven. We were uh, made for heaven. We belong in heaven. And we have faith in Jesus that he will get us to heaven. Focus on getting there. Focus on getting home. We have the victory in Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 37, says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Overwhelming. 
second point that I get out of this text today is a glorious pursuit. Glorious pursuit. Pursue righteousness, a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And I already touched on that. Those things are of Jesus. Righteousness. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 22 says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Made right. That's righteousness. We are made right by putting our faith in Jesus. Pursue righteousness. Pursue Jesus. And pursue a godly life. The second thing that that verse says is, is a live the godly life. Pursue it. And the only way that we can pursue a godly life is uh, the only way is, is being like God. The only way we can be like God is because Jesus is God and because He paid the price of admission into a godly life. And our price of admission has been paid, so pursue it. Our admission's been paid. Jesus shows us how to love by example. Love is the next thing there. He shows us uh, what love is and gives us that love. He shows us how to persevere through the most difficult physical and mental and spiritual pain. Jesus persevered through it. He shows us how to be gentle with God's children. And because of all that, we should pursue Him Pursue faith. Now, uh, I mean, you know, Scrap. He's the, uh, he's this guy, Scrat. Uh, he's a, a squirrel rat, or a rat squirrel, but uh, character on Ice Age, Ice Age. And he's a, a lovely little critter. Man, he's always after this acorn. And Really, he's the star of the movie, even though he's not the main character, because everyone looks forward to um, his uh, mission. Now, his mission is not complicated. It's not an, a detailed, thematic thing like the rest of the movie is. His mission is focused on one thing, and that's getting that acorn. That's the only thing he does. And in every scene that Scrat is in, he's after that acorn, and he ends up getting smashed by two glaciers that come together because he's after that acorn at filming. And he gets smashed, but he doesn't die. Uh, the next scene, he's going after that acorn up in outer space because it was flipped up there by some tree or something like that. And, and he's after that acorn. And then it, it falls back to the ground and, and he gets squished by a mammoth who steps on him. But he's still after that acorn no matter what. If it falls in the bottom of the sea, the next scene, you see Scrap with a scuba diver's outfit on, and he's going after that acorn. He's on a mission, and he's pursuing it. And Scrat knows that that acorn is good. He's had acorns before. He knows what acorn tastes like. You know what? We know what Jesus is like. We know that He is good. And it's going to be real, real good when we are with Him in heaven. And 
should be like scrap. Pursue Jesus. No matter what happens. No matter how we are afflicted on this earth. Intensely pursue Jesus. So we run from evil things. We pursue Jesus. Paul is telling this to Timothy. And then we fight. We are in a perpetual conflict. Now, let me address that word perpetual. Perpetual conflict. Because we know that the conflict actually doesn't last forever and ever and ever and ever. Because ever and ever and ever is eternity. And perpetual conflict lasts on this earth. Not in eternity, so it will end someday when our lives here end. But here in this world, there is perpetual conflict. Every day you get up, uh, there's going to be difficulty. There is going to be a battle to fight every day. A spiritual battle going on. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. He says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Only the good fight, by the way. Don't fight the bad fights. Don't fight a bad one because, uh, I mean, there's plenty of those bad fights that we could fight. Paul warns us in chapter 4 of 1 Timothy not to waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. We call these kind of fights that he's talking about um, spitting matches. Or something like that. When you're a kid, it's my toy is better than your toy. When you're a teenager, it's my car is faster than your car. And as an adult, it's my job is better than your job. When you're an old person, it's I have more hair than you do. And when you're dead, it doesn't matter. None of it matters when you're dead. The only fight that matters is the good fight. The good fight for the true faith in this verse. The good fight. The good fight is taking hold of eternal life. Take hold of it. By that, we're not just talking about eternal salvation, which is very key and central (coughs) to us gaining the prize, eternal salvation. But Timothy is already saved here. He's already saved, and Paul is telling him to fight the good fight. What we're talking about here is a relationship, a relationship between you and the Lord. John 17, verse 3 says, And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. To know you. Every day, you have to fight your flesh so that you might keep your relationship with Jesus. You're fighting to know Him. How well do you know the Lord? He knows you pretty well. You might say He knows you perfectly well. Is your relationship with Him lopsided? 
How well do you know him? Do you know him well enough to share your deepest thoughts? Well, well enough to call him up on your uh, pray phone and tell him about every little bitty thing that happens? Actually, pray phone, you know, pay phone. Kids probably don't know what that means. But used to, we'd have these uh, phones on the street corner and it'd be in a glass box and you could go in there and you could put money in it and call somebody uh, to tell them something. Um, so we didn't, now we have cell phones and pay phones aren't a thing as far as I know. Um, everything that happens in your life, you pull out your cell phone usually and you text somebody about it, every little bitty thing, or you put it on social media and uh, it's not even that hard to communicate with other people. Well, um, man, do we uh, pray to Jesus? We, do we tell him about every little bitty thing? Or do we just tell our friends, our, our uh, Facebook? Man, if we want to have a relationship with Jesus that is good, then we're going to have to start sharing everything with him. You know, actually, he knows everything. So it's not like we need to share it with him so that he knows, but we need to discuss it with him. What's your relationship with Jesus like? That's a big part of the battle. Letting the commander know what's going on in the battlefield and asking him what to do about it. How do I handle this situation, Jesus? Verse 12 says, fight for that relationship. It says, fight the good fight for the true faith and hold tightly to the eternal life which God has called you. So you need to fight for that relationship so that you can have the true faith. You know what the true faith looks like? It looks like when David walked right up to the battle line and said, who dare insult the army of the living God? And then he advanced onto the battlefield and took Goliath. That's what true faith looks like. True faith looks like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the old King Neb said, you need to worship these idols, and they said, no, we won't, and maybe we'll die if you throw us in that furnace. Even if we die, then we still won't worship those idols because we have true faith in God. True faith looks like when you chose, you choose to turn away from everything that tempts you to ignore God and you turn to Him. And your family benefits when you do that. Your community benefits when you turn to God. Your country benefits when you turn to God instead of the things that distract away from Him. You need to fight for your faith. You need to fight for your family, for your community, and for your country. First and foremost, by having that relationship with our Lord. Fight the good fight. And finally, hold tight to it. A treasure to grasp. We have 
such a treasure in our citizenship in heaven. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. The other half of that says to hold tightly to eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Hold it tight. When I was a kid, uh, I went to Farm City Days. There was this um, ride that looked like a spider and it it flung you around and each arm had another thing, arm that had two pods on each of it. And you, you got in it and folded the bar down and I'm, I don't know, probably wasn't old enough to be on it. I was definitely too skinny to be held in by the bar that flipped over and locked down. And when that thing started going around and flinging, um, my little palms were sweaty and they started to slip on that smooth bar and I just knew for a fact that I was going to get flung out of that seat and over the tops of the buildings and aisle and into the countryside. My grip was slipping. In my mind, I was going to lose my life. I was going to die. Mm. Completely hopeless in that moment. The only thing that I could do is just try and try to squeeze and hold on more. If my grip lost, I would slip out. Man, even if you lose complete hope, guys, like I did in that situation, just keep hold of the hope that has got you through so far. Keep hold of the hope in eternal life. Now, I didn't fly out of that little uh, car and that ride, that little pod, because, uh, well, I don't know how or why I didn't fly out. It stopped before I uh, lost my grip. But we need to uh, grasp on the eternal life because we don't know how it's going to end up. And if we hold tight to Jesus, well, he tells us how it's going to end up. We need to guard that treasure. Oh, we have victory, overwhelming victory. And Paul tells us to run from these evil things. He tells us to pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. He tells us to fight for the true faith and to hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. You know that God has called each and every one of us to a very specific place on this earth, a specific place that we will be able to do His work. And right now, that's right where you are. Maybe you'll go somewhere different tomorrow, but right now, in this day, tomorrow where you are, then you need to be spreading the news about His victory. Now, in the future... He's called you to heaven, to that place where you have citizenship, and we should be excited about that because we have the victory. We have the flag, now run it home. Oh, that takes, uh, that takes strength. That takes strength. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. With His mighty power, we can be conquerors of all things in this world. With His mighty power, through the blood of Jesus, we can be forgiven of any of our uh, stupid ideas or, or doings. And we can have 
righteousness, and I am eternally grateful for His grace and mercy. I encourage you to have a relationship with Jesus that's not just a relationship that uh, once in a while you talk, but in His strength, talk to Him every day with everything you have. Folks, pursue righteousness, run from evil things, fight the good fight for the true faith, and hold tightly to eternal life. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, uh, we recognize that there's no chance that we would get to heaven without you. Your scripture tells us that we are wonderfully, fearfully made, that you love us, that you know everything about us, and our future is secure in you if we put our faith in you and we profess your name. We're doing that right now, God. We lift up our voices to praise you, to honor you, realizing it's by your sacrifice, your resurrection, that we are saved. We look forward to the glory in heaven. In your son's name we pray.